The message that I have for you guys today that, that God laid on my heart some time ago, I got the opportunity to, to speak this message down at the mission uh, this past week, kind of a condensed version of it. But uh, my heart really got touched directly afterwards. There was a guy that, you know, as I, as I was speaking, he kept staring at me with like this intense stare. And uh, afterwards, he, he reached out to me through phone and uh, just told me that, that he was holding back the tears. And, and when he left there, like how much it, it emotionally like broke him. And uh, I'm thinking about that again this morning. And I'm starting to think I should have renamed this message. So, so the, the title that I, that I chose was Two Types of Sinners. But really, this message should be called The Father's Love over the sinners. Um, it is a parable that Jesus was speaking of. Um, you'll find it in Luke 15, a very common parable most people know, and it's the prodigal son. But I want to I wanna talk about that word prodigal real quick, because I think some people have a miscued version of what prodigal means. Some people say, oh, the prodigal sons come home when they're talking about the golden child or, or just somebody who's left and came back. That's not what the prodigal is. Prodigal means squanderous living. So when, you, when somebody returns and, and you tell them that's the prodigal child, you're actually saying something bad about them. So I would, I would be very careful when you talk to your children um, of calling them the prodigal unless you, you want to make fun of them. But that's up to you guys. So like I said, I've, I've entitled this The Two Types of Sinners. So you will find this message in Luke 15. Um, we're going to read from Luke 15, 11, down through the end of the chapter. And we're going to talk about what I'm seeing with two different types of, of children that are in this. But we're really going to pay attention this time to, to the father in the story also. Um, let's go ahead and pray over top of this message. Father God, I, just, I give this time to you right now. I tell you that, that my heart is you, Father God, that I love you so much, and we all sit here with one common thing, and that is the love of you, God. We thank you for that love. And God, we just ask right now that this, as always, be 100% of you, God. Speak as, as you need, to, need us to speak, God. Allow, allow us to hear it in, in what you're saying to us, God, not, in, not with manly ears, not with manly words, but godly wisdom that we receive this message today. God, we dedicate this time to you, and we just we thank you that you've given us an opportunity to, to just receive your word today. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So like I said, we're going to start out in Luke uh, 15, starting in verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe phantom in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. 
But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to, and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this son of mine excuse me for this this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry so i want to hold up right there for a second that's not the end of that parable but i want to i want to identify the two sons separately, because like I said, I'm talking about two different types of sinners in this. But real quick, to, to show you that, that Jesus is talking about two different classes of people and identifying this with two sons, you have to go back to the very beginning of Luke 15. And verses 1 and 2 say this, Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. Sinner 1. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Sinner number two. So I want to identify that, that, that sinner one is the son that was the prodigal, that went away in the squanderous living. When we get to it, son two, the one that stayed at home, is the Pharisees and scribes. So I just want you guys to think about that as we're going through and we get into the rest of that, that parable. So Jesus identifies right at the beginning of this parable, again, that he has, that he's talking to the, the two different. There's three parables total in Luke 15. There is the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the prodigal son, all about something being lost and then found. But he really expands it in this parable here. He says, in, in verse 11, the very first, he says, then he said a certain man had two sons. And, and I, I can't help but think that my, my Jesus is a, is a smart aleck sometimes. Just understand what I'm saying there. I can't help but thinking when he's saying this, that, he, that when he says two sons, he looks at both of them to identify, like, you guys need to listen and hear what I'm saying and separate yourselves and understand this right now. But he goes on at 12 to say, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. I want you to, to hear this. So he divided to them. His livelihood. Notice that Jesus does not just give to the son who is asking. Jesus gives, the father, is who, who, the, who Jesus is representing here, it gives to both of them, not just one. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. There's a time period of thought before this. And it's, it's a common thing that's, that's in us today, that before we're going to go into a self-divulgent lifestyle, 
there's a period that we think about it before we do it. It says, not and not many days after. So, so the father gave to him. This son then spent some time thinking about, man, I have all this. What am I going to do with it? And what's he do? He leaves to go live in his prodigal lifestyle. Now, this son very well could have taken his stuff and moved, built a house right next door and lived a healthy life. He could have built a house right next door and lived a prodigal life. His father said, it is yours. Do as you please with it. Here, I'm giving to you. But here's the thing. When you want to live that type of lifestyle, what's the first thing you do? You move away from all the people that love you. You move away from the people that you know you're about to do wrong and you don't want them to see it. Pay attention in church. The people that are slipping and falling are the people that stop showing up on a regular basis. They're the ones that stop sending the text messages to mom and dad and stuff like that. They're the ones that stop talking to the pastor. Why? Because they don't want you to see it. They don't want you to see what they're doing. We watch people in the homes all, all the time that, that are on their way back out to that lifestyle. And the first thing they do is stop communicating with us. I just witnessed it this week as I sat beside a bed of a gentleman who overdosed because he stopped communicating. And we knew long before he got to that point of what that was going to be. So if you ever notice yourself starting to withdraw from people, make sure you're, you're reaching out to your father to say, God, don't help me out here. Push me back in. Don't allow me to walk this life that I'm about to try to walk out. God, intervene for me before I get to that point. Wasted his possessions with prodigal living. He, he was given all by the Father, and he wasted it all. Sound familiar to any of us? God gave you life itself. And I, I can tell you, for 30-some years of my life, I did exactly what this dude right here did. Wasted it all. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe phantom in that land, and he began to want. Now, I don't believe that this phantom, because it identifies in that land, I don't believe that this phantom was just a physical need phantom. It wasn't a scarcity of food. This was a spiritual and physical phantom. This guy was saying, I'm dead inside, is what's going on. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. I want, I want you to see that. What do we do most of the time when, when we're in squanderous living and, and we're, we're stuck in sin in that? We, there you go. You find somebody who lives exactly like you was living. You don't want to turn to God and say, I messed up, which is the thing that you need to do. You want to push yourself farther into that world exactly like he's doing. But he learns a quick lesson here. He sent him into the fields to feed the swine. Not only does, does the person he joins himself to is in that same situation, but he pushes him to even a lower spot. 
You have to understand the swine as pigs to the Jewish culture. This was the most filthiest, disgusting thing that you could do. Talk about kicking somebody while they're down. It's exactly what he's doing. But it says, and he would have gladly filled his stomach with pods that the swine ate, and no one gave anything. This guy was living in a, in a prodigal lifestyle. He had all these possessions and all this money and all these things to come to this countryside. And, and he spent it all. And I would imagine in that time frame, when, when you're out there spending money like that, you're giving to others. You're, you're partying with them. You're, 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 you're supplying to their needs. And what does this person do but not only kick them when they're down? I'm not willing to give back to you. We see that in a lot of hearts of sinners. I'm not going to benefit you because it's going to take away from myself. Stop surrounding yourself with people that kick you while you're down and won't even give you a sandwich when you're hungry. Start surrounding yourself with people that want to lift you up, that want to feed you when you're hungry. It doesn't matter if I'm sitting there eating filet mignon. I want people around me that want to feed me more filet mignon. I don't want people that when I'm eating a bologna sandwich, they eat a, a filet mignon in front of me and, and, and ain't willing to, to kick it over to me. Stop surrounding yourself with people that want to push you farther into the pit and start, start thinking about who you're surrounding yourself with. Now, the very first part of verse 17, I want you guys to really see this. But when he came... To himself. How many has ever came to yourself? This is the point in life where you say, I'm not happy where I'm at. I'm not satisfied with the things that I have in my life. Now, your instance right there should not be this. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. That shouldn't be your next thought after that, but that is his, and in a way it's a good thing. Because it brings him to his next conclusion that we see in the beginning of verse 18. It says, I will arise and go to my father. What our thought process should be automatically, I don't care what that person over there is doing. I don't care what the person in the past did. I don't care what the person over there is doing. I'm going to rise, and I'm going to him first. I'm going to him first. I'm not going to a citizen of this country. I'm not going to let you kick me while I'm down. I'm going to him before I go anywhere else. And the, the, the man begins to contemplate. and He's talking to himself. You know, he came to himself. He realizes that life isn't what it's supposed to be. And, and he, he says, I'm going to go to my father. And he prepares out this speech for him. He said, he said how many of his... Sorry, wrong slide. And I will, I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. A lot of his thought process is correct. Two verses from now, we'll see what was correct and what was wrong inside of this. But he makes this decision. I'm going to get up right now, and I'm going back to my father. The whole way there, he's preparing this speech. I've sinned against you and against heaven. Make me like one of your hired servants, is what he's saying the whole way there. Now remember, this man is dirty. He's disgusting. He's been working with pigs. He's lost weight because he, he doesn't have nothing to eat. He starts journeying. 
this, this long, because they said he went to a distant country, so it's, a, it's taking him time to walk to get back there. It says he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I want you guys to, to really just, just bask in what God is saying to you right now. He, he is standing at the window waiting on his son. He had already gave him all of the things that he could give him to go live in this prodigal lifestyle. And he knew that that's what he was going to do with it. But he knew, my son feels safe with me. And I'm going to watch for him. Not only when he sees him, is he moved with compassion, he runs to him. Falls on his neck means he, he wraps his arms around him and kisses him. God don't care how bad you stink. God don't care how filthy your clothes are. He gave you all these possessions to walk away with, and when you're coming back, you have none of them. Guess what he's not doing? Oh, well, I guess you got rid of the car that I gave you. I guess you was out there living with harlots. I, no. My son. My son. He's home. I'm I moved with compassion. He puts his arms around him, even though he's got pig poop on the front of his shirt, and smashes right up against him. This is the same love that God has for you. Stop telling me that your past is too bad that God can't accept you. Because this is what Jesus is saying. I don't care. I don't care. You're my son, and I love you. Still in this man's thought process, though, what's he saying? I'm not worthy. I've sinned against you. Just make me a servant. I don't even call me your son. Just make me a servant. That's what his thought process was. Remember, the son was planning on saying, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Is what he begins to say just as he had planned out. But something happens. The father stops him right there. Remember? I told you back in, back in verse 18 and 19, he was talking, he had more to say to that. It says In those verses he said, he was going to say, make me like your hired servant. But the father stops him when he says, I've sinned in your sight and in heaven. I'm no longer worthy. This is the place that life begins to change. This is where every one of us needs to get to the point of. That's all you got to say to him because he's going to stop you. Right there. And he's going to say the same thing that this father says to his son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet. The father says, you don't need to be my servant. You're my son. Just like God's saying to you today. You're, you're a child of his. He loves you. Very much. And he, he's already given you everything. And he's standing there looking at you that you're filthy and disgusting and dirty. And he says, you know what? You got to have clean clothes. What's, what's the word tell us? He does what? He washes us clean. That's the robe 
that he wraps around you. But even though he'd already given him all this stuff, he doesn't say, I want to stop there. I don't want to just give you just a robe. I want you to look good doing it. Get the ring. But notice he said the best robe. Not, not the robe, not, not the, the old robe, not the holy robe, not, not the, the one that ain't washed yet. The best robe. Because that's how highly he thinks of you. But he also says, and bring sandals on his feet. Put them on his feet. He knows that this son of his has walked a journey for some time. He doesn't only want you to, to have fresh cleanness on top of you. He doesn't only want you to look good with a ring doing it. He says the path that you're going to walk from here, I want you to be comfortable doing it. Put sandals on his feet. God is telling you the same thing. If you're one of those that, that's beating yourself up, if you're one of those that hasn't known the, the relationship of what the Father has with the Son, if you're one that thinks your past is too bad, you're sinner number one. But you're a sinner that knows you're a sinner. I, I'll tell you what, I'd rather be a sinner that knows I'm a sinner any day of the week than a sinner who don't know nothing or sticks his nose up in the air. And that's what we're about to talk about. But also, the father says this, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. I know you're hungry, my child. God says to you today that he'll feed you with his word, which he very once will. And it's, it's the fattest calf out there. But I want, you, I want you to see that word merry. Not only... Do I want to clean you up? Not only do I, do I want to make you look good, not only do I want to make you comfortable in this new walk of your life, I want everybody around you to be happy about it. This is a, we'll get a little bit more into it, but this is something that a lot of us need to understand. Stop criticizing people when they're coming out of something. Be merry that they're there. I want, you to, I want you to see this. At the, also in, in, in Luke 15, there's two verses that talk about this same verse. He uses this in all three parables. And in verse 7, it says, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Verse 10, it says, likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Guys, you understand what's being said there? The most joyous place to ever exist in the presence of God says this. I'll, they'll get more joy over you being saved, over you coming back. Like they're up there in just immaculate joy saying, holy, 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 holy. But it pauses for a second and they say, look, 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 he's saved. He came home. I, I don't think you guys are understanding what I'm saying. Like, I see about five of you smiling right now. In the presence of God, they're singing praises over top of your life. Come on. If that's not exciting to you, there's nothing in this world that's going to excite you. So, I just sent her one. 
He, he was in a good place. He went and squandered his living. Had the realization, I'm a sinner. Came home, said, I'm a sinner. His father accepted him. And they're, they're merry about it. They're, they're having a, a celebration over top of this. Just like we said about the angels, they're having a celebration in it. That was the sinners and tax collectors that were sitting around the table. Time for sinner number two. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and, ha- and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fattened calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Now think about that at the beginning. It said that he gave to them. But the other brother is still sitting there saying, you ain't gave me nothing. You ain't gave me nothing. You ain't gave me a goat so I can be merry with my friends. There's where, there's where a lot of religious people get to in their life. They forget what God has already done for them. And they want to shun, shun their ignorance off on everybody else of, I'm better than that. But that's not all he does. See, people like this, they don't have the audacity to come in and ask their self. They're the gossipers. They're the ones that sit in the background talking about people. The same as the Pharisees and scribes were doing, sitting away from the table and asked one of the, the, the disciples about why he's doing what he's doing. Doesn't even tell him they gave him the ring and the robe and all that. Just says just the fat and calved. He should at this time be, be joyous for his brother, but he's not. He becomes angry about it. Like I said, he doesn't go inside. This is where a lot of us have to understand is there's going to be people in your life when you're a sinner, know you're a sinner, and you come to the repentance of God and your life begins to change. There's going to be people on the outside that are talking about you. You know what you don't do? You don't be the one to run out there and try to correct them. What does it say has to happen? Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. Stop trying to fight the battle of people's ignorance and start allowing God to take care of their heart. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being merry in the presence of people who want to be around you. In the presence of people who who don't care where you came from. Are only worried about where you're going. 
He comes out. And the first thing the son wants to do. And said, this many years, I've been serving you. And I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me. There's a whole lot of eyes in that sentence. There's nothing wrong with, with, staying, with saying I, as a matter of fact. But how are you using the word? Is it I'm giving or I'm taking? I've done for you, and I just did it because I wanted to. Not I did for you so you can give to me. And that's where this son's heart is. And this is, this is probably the, the worst of the two sinners, I would say, if, if, if I had to, to put them into categories. Again, I'd, I'd rather be a sinner that knows I'm a sinner than a sinner that sticks his nose up at the world because I think I'm better than. And what's he do? He says he, he automatically wants to take the father's attention. But as soon as the son of yours comes home who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fat calf. I don't want you to see my heart that I'm sitting here complaining about him. I want you to see the things that he was out there doing. I, I talk with people often, and one of the things that I, I completely just start shaking my head at is when they start telling me how peachy their life is and how bad everybody's life around them is. How, when men in the home, when I'm, when I'm talking with them, um, and they start telling me about the other two guys in the house and, and the things that they're doing about not doing their chores and, and, and cutting off on work or, or taking an extra break or whatever they may be doing, they ought to instantly, well, he said a cuss word the other day. Okay. Well, I just seen on the camera that you said 57 of them yesterday. Let's go ahead and look at that and stop looking at him because here's what I want you guys to know. On the day that you stand before God, I don't care what your brother has done. Because you know what God's going to say? What about you? You're going to give an account for yours. So I want you to really learn two things from this message today. I, I, I want to say it in, in like a, a wrong kind of way, and I, I might just have to. Mind your own business. Mind your own walk with God. Do what you can. Stay in your own lane. A whole bunch of people out there need to learn that. But here's the thing that's more important. God loves you just like he loves him. God gives to you just like he gives to him. It doesn't matter whether you're sinner one or sinner two. God is willing to still wrap the best robe around you. God is willing to put the best ring on your finger. God is willing to feed you with the exact same word that he's feeding me with. Are you going to be the brother that sits outside and doesn't eat the cow? Or are you going to be the brother that's inside celebrating and eating the word? Where are you going to be at in those? I want to drop you back into Mark for this last two verses that I have for you. 
And this sums up really what we're talking about right now. It says, And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Listen, when you're sick, it's good to have a doctor. But you know what? It's really good to have a doctor even when you're well, just in case you do get sick. And a lot of us don't understand that. Not many people think about a doctor until you get sick. And this is what the Pharisees and that are doing. I don't need to be saved. I'm already saved. I've held to the law. Cool. If you're on your way to heaven, awesome. I, kudos, I, I clap you up. But I also want everybody else that I'm walking this life with to, to be there with me. I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. I want you guys, will you guys stand with me? I want you guys to think about that. If in your life right now, you are somebody who has walked off, and maybe you're living a prodigal lifestyle, maybe you only move next door, and you're living the prodigal. Maybe there's just a small sin in your life that you need to repent of. Don't wait. Come to yourself today. Know that you're a sinner. Come to a place of repentance, which means to turn and walk from it. Stop living in a far-off country. Because I'm here to tell you, the Father who gave you life still loves you identically the same today no matter what you've done no matter how bad it is no matter what pig pen you've rolled around in no matter what harlot you've laid with God still looks at you and says I love you I love you I love you or maybe you're just a person who ain't rolled in a pig pen and just got the attitude of I'm better than you are. I'm going to bust your bubble. No, you're not. Come to a place of repentance.